0: Good evening, everyone, and church family. Um, Tonight, um, again, I'm just going to remind everybody about how to raise your hand and unmute yourself when we're um, looking to have some participation um, during our Wednesday Bible class. Uh, So today, um, of course, um, we're still within Ecclesiastes, and I'll leave that up to Jeff in a later time here. But um, we have... When we have the moment when we're looking to um, have some participation with um, scripture reading, um, and there's a couple other things, um, prayers, we will um, ask for you to raise your hand and you'll see a um, within your UI when you move your mouse or you tap your screen within Zoom, you should see raise hand within the um, user interface and select raise hand to raise hand at the appropriate time. And once you raise your hand then Chris, or not Chris, but Jeff calls on you to be that person that he wants to read a scripture or lead a um, prayer, you will then see an unmute button on your screen. So go ahead and when at that time, click unmute, and then you'll be able to well, we will be able to hear you. Um, Without that, you're just talking to the air. So um, I'll leave it up to Jeff. And Jeff, you can go ahead and share your screen.
1: Good evening everyone, and
2: welcome to the Laurel Church of Christ Wednesday Evening service. My name is Jeff Watson and we will eventually be getting to the Book of Ecclesiastes this fall quarter. I would like you to consider a couple scripture as we head into our Bible study. First Corinthians 10:11. Now these things happen to them as an example and they were written for our instruction, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Also Acts 17.11. Now these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. At this time, I would like
1: a man to volunteer to uh, do the opening prayer. Please raise your hand. Okay, Carrie Clark, please.
3: All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time to be able to look in your word, um, especially the book of Ecclesiastes. Help us to get out of it what has been put into it and what is meant for us to understand. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
1: Thank you, Carrie. Thank you, Jerry. To review the outline of the class
2: that we're uh, having, we have spent the first couple weeks discussing who the about the author, the preacher, the son of David, king of Jerusalem, as identified in Ecclesiastes one one. This week and next week, we'll be talking
1: about his other writings, and not just limited to Proverbs. And then finally, we will be getting to Ecclesiastes.
2: So what have we learned so far? First of all, about the class format. As you are probably well aware, we're going to try to be a little bit more interactive by having you raise your hand to do prayers, read scriptures, and also at times I will be asking you questions uh, for you to respond in chat. Also, uh, depending on the timing tonight, uh, we're gonna to have some polls for you to answer. Uh, if not tonight, then certainly by next week.
1: So what have we learned so far about Solomon? I'll just do a quick summary.
2: At age 20, Solomon succeeded father David to the throne. God promised Solomon a wise and discerning heart, which was and would never be equaled, riches and honor beyond that of his peers, and conditionally long life. Solomon built a temple, his palace, and ruled an empire, which included portions of modern day Israel, Egypt,
1: Lebanon, Jordan, and Syria. At his zenith, Solomon was the wisest and richest person
2: alive, with people traveling great distances to hear his wisdom and to offer him gifts. Despite his great wisdom, Solomon disregarded God's warning about marrying foreign women and had 700 wives who turned his heart away from being devoted to God.
1: Because of this, Solomon did not have prolonged days, dying at approximately age 60.
2: So to kick off the class the last couple weeks, I briefly explained how I got where I am today. Uh, Back in June, I had just canceled my travel plans. I happened to be reading Ecclesiastes when I received an email from Ricky asking if I would teach. And I said I would, but I wanted to do it in person and not have any slides. Yet here I am, I'm doing a webinar with slides.
1: And to top it off, my sister became involved.
2: So a question for you. I say eldest sister, you think? So for those of you who have uh, siblings and your sister happens to be the oldest one, or actually anybody can answer, what one word describes her? Uh, Go ahead and comment in
1: chat and we'll give you about 20 seconds to do so. Thanks to all of you that uh, replied.
2: Uh, I saw a few expected answers. I think fabulous is quite appropriate. Let me tell you what I think. When I asked a former coworker who was actually an eldest sister herself, what her response would be, her immediate answer was bossy. I can't say that about my sister, so what I'm going to say As soon as it comes onto your screen, it's
1: on mine, but not yours. I'll call, I'll say my sister was caring, but I will qualify it with Bossy Undertones. Okay
2: the year was 1972. Uh, A little warning for you if you're a little squeamish or if you think the 1970s was the nadir of both clothing and hair fashion, uh, you may want to look away at this time. Otherwise, if you want to stick around, go ahead. Welcome to my family photos from the early 1970s. That'd be my dad behind a brand new Polaroid camera. So other than proving that the cereal bald haircut was alive and well,
1: what else do these pictures have in common? I'll give you a couple minutes in chat.
2: Uh, Thank you, Bren. That was the one I was waiting for, and Carrie. Every photo of us together has my big sister uh, guiding her little brother. In fact, uh, if you look at our photo album for that year period, every picture has her uh, with her arms on me, hands on me. Uh, This stopped by about 1977, about five years later, because at this time I was about a foot shorter than her, but by 1977 I was about a foot taller than her. So let me tell you about my original outline for the course. I was gonna talk about the author, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. And then I spoke with my sister. I will adjust that conversation for you now. So here's about how it went. I've been asked to teach Ecclesiastes this fall.
1: Great! Would you like some suggestions?
2: Well, I was going to start with Solomon's background, then Proverbs, then Ecclesiastes.
1: You know, he wrote more than those two books. You should also do his Psalms and Psalm of Solomon.
2: Well, maybe of songs, but I have no idea what to say about Song of Solomon.
1: You want to be thorough, don't you?
2: Well, typically, kinda.
1: Fine, it's settled. Song of Solomon it is.
2: And after that conversation? I looked through the Bible to see if uh, I could find a proverb by Solomon about this situation. And this is about the closest I could find. Say to Wisdom, you are my sister.
1: And call understanding your intimate friend. So, here was the original outline I had planned.
2: And here's what our current outline actually is. So now we're going to focus on Solomon's other writings, not just proverbs. So to Solomon's writings, uh, I am looking
1: for a volunteer to uh, read a very short verse. Okay, Jerry Young.
4: He also spoke 3,000 proverbs and his songs were 1,005.
1: Thank you. And now let's go look at one of those songs. Song of Solomon.
2: We will not be reading the entire Song of Solomon, but I'll mention a few highlights I gleaned from it. The song consists of 117 verses spread across eight chapters, so do consider reading it for yourself. One highlight I noticed was how often terms of affection, typically darling or beloved, were used when referring to one of the two lovers. I lost track when I reached 40. As you can imagine, the imagery of romance from about 3,000 years ago sometimes translates well in modern terminology, at other times less so. So here were some uh, phrases and words they used that will stand the test of time. Uh, the first three are referring to the woman, also referred to as darling. You are altogether beautiful, my darling, and there is no blemish in you. I think, uh, I'm guessing any woman today, tomorrow, and 3,000 years ago would appreciate a comment like this.
1: Also, you have made my heartbeat faster with a single glance of your eyes. also
2: how beautiful and delightful you are my love with all your charms again i can imagine anybody would like to be called delightful and charming for the man or the beloved here are some things
1: i think we can relate to How handsome you are, my beloved, and so pleasant.
2: I must admit, I do not recall being called so pleasant very often, but I wouldn't mind hearing it. My beloved is dazzling and ruddy, outstanding among 10,000. Not just one in a thousand, one in 10,000. And his mouth is full of sweetness, and he is wholly desirable. I imagine pretty much any man would not mind being told that by the woman in his life.
1: That's a hint to my wife, by the way. Um, there were some
2: phrases and used that I think we can understand that they are compliments, but they're definitely a bit dated. Or they're very geographic dependent. For the woman, how would you like to be called a garden spring, a well of fresh water and streams flowing from Lebanon? Your beauty compared to Tirzah and you'd be as lovely as Jerusalem. and your head crowns you like Carmel and the flowing locks of your head are like purple threads. Uh, Even modern today, I have seen women with uh, purple threads in their hair. So some things do not change. For the men, here are your compliments. How would you like to be compared to a gazelle or young stag? I think we would recognize that as a positive. Uh, evidently, uh, the legs are in pretty good shape to be compared alabaster on gold. And your appearance is compared to Lebanon, and we know about the famous cedars of
1: Lebanon. Then finally, there's definitely some words there
2: that would probably not have the desired effect. Um, I can tell you with certainty some of them will not work because I tried them on my wife and she gave me the look. Your hair is like a flock of goats. Just stop right there. I've compared her to a goat. She didn't need to hear any more. Your teeth are like a flock of newly shorn ewes. Now I'm comparing her to a sheep. Again, she gave me the look. But the last one is what really got me to look. When I told her her neck was like the Tower of David built with rows of stones. For the men, we get some kind of interesting praises. Your cheeks are like a bed of balsam, banks of sweet scented herbs. Uh, Okay. Man, how would you like to have your lips compared to lilies dripping with liquid myrrh now i know myrrh was valuable but uh, the lilies and the dripping part i'm just not quite sure about the image of having uh things dripping out of my mouth
1: and his hands waiting for it to pop up on your screen His hands are like rods of gold set with barrel.
2: Um, If anybody wanted to tell me what barrel is, I did not get around to looking it up. Feel free to comment in chat. Um, There were some words that were repeated
1: multiple times in the text. And I want to share them with you now. The woman
2: said on more than one occasion, let his left hand be under my head
1: and his right hand embrace me. She also stated, my beloved is
2: mine and I am his, hearkening back to Genesis when to choose to become one flesh. And then I can definitely attest to uh, this last item I'm about to put up. Do not arouse or awaken my love until she pleases. Uh, I know better than
1: to try to wake my wife up when she is not in the mood to be woken up. Finally, towards the
2: uh, end of the book, there is a passage that talks about love's intensity.
1: So I'm looking for a volunteer to read a couple verses. Okay, teens, Laurel, you will be reading. Put
5: me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm, for love is as strong as death, jealousy is, is as severe as shoal, its flashes are flashes
4: of fire, the very flame of the Lord. Many waters cannot quench love, nor will rivers overflow it. If a man were to give all the riches of his house for love, it would be utterly despised.
1: Thank you for the reading. So one thing that I'll just say to try to
2: keep in mind is that very last sentence, uh, the riches uh, of his house for love, uh, that will be repeated actually in Proverbs. So the main thing I would like us to take away from Song of Solomon is uh, his attitude towards uh, women and his wife at this time. And we can compare it to what he writes in Proverbs and we can compare it to what he writes in Ecclesiastes. So now I have a question for you. How well do you know somebody's work? And what do I mean by that? Um, Artist. Uh, Do you know any artists work well enough that you could recognize their work, even if it wasn't signed? And feel free to respond in chat as you wish. A little closer to home. How about the chili cook-off? Do you know anyone's, and not yours or your spouse's, chili well enough, So you could recognize it amongst a number of samples if you
1: were given it. I take it we're sticking with the
2: artist and not Picasso's or Michelangelo's chili. Okay, there
1: you go. Finally, uh, how about writing style? Do you know anyone's writing style,
2: be it the way they express themselves in the content or their actual handwriting, well enough that if you were provided an unsigned sample, you
1: could recognize the author.
2: Okay, I see some mothers and grandmothers. Uh, I had an aunt who would write my mom and she would share the letter with us and I could definitely tell my aunt's writing. So now we're gonna have a little uh, question and answer. We'll be replying in chat. Who wrote this? We'll go ahead and take about 20 seconds. Go ahead and reply in chat.
1: okay i saw a flurry
2: of paul's come out and indeed you are correct uh paul would have this statement or a slight variant of it towards the beginning of
1: every letter he wrote here's another one who wrote this again take about 20 seconds let's see who can identify this author Maybe I should have started the counter. OK, as I was uh Glancing through the various uses of the word immediately in the Bible,
2: um, I dare say per word written, Mark uses immediately more than any other writer.
1: Okay, here is a two part question. Who wrote this and in which book did they write it? Okay, it seems that a lot of people got this one.
2: Uh, John and First John does a deed to address his audience as little children, seven separate times.
1: Okay, I am looking for a volunteer to do a reading. Okay, uh, we'll go with the Smith family.
5: Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who built it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. It is in vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors, for he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. Behold, children are a gift from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed how blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate.
2: Thank you. Okay.
1: Who wrote this and in which book? Okay, I see a few answers.
2: Um, I'm going to give you a little bit more time. I'm going to give you a hint. um,
1: Who we are currently studying would be your one hint. And This is attributed being written
2: by Solomon. And even though it appears
1: proverbic, it is actually Psalm 127. Psalm 72 Whether this psalm was written by or for
2: Solomon, it certainly appears associated with him. While we won't read the entire psalm, we will read some of it and cross-reference them to other passages that are related to Solomon. So I'm
1: looking for a volunteer to read a verse. Okay, Yvonne Goldberg. Okay, I'm calling for another volunteer, even though I think everybody has probably read it for themselves by now. Uh, Go ahead, Jerry.
4: In your judgments, O God, and your righteousness to the King's son.
2: Uh, Does this remind anybody of uh, something we have studied earlier in this class? I'll give you a few seconds here to comment
1: in a... Chat if you want. Thank you, Carrie. Yes, if
2: we remember back in First Kings three, uh, we have Solomon requesting wisdom so he could judge his people, and uh, God granting that request,
1: amongst others. Verse 2 of Psalm 72, looking for a volunteer. Okay, Dell.
0: May he judge your people with righteousness and your afflicted with justice.
2: Thank you very much. We'll be getting to this later. But this proverb reads If the king judges the poor with truth, his throne will be established forever.
1: 72 4, looking for a reader. Okay, Arnetta.
4: Psalm 72.4, he will bring justice to the poor of the people, he will save the children of the needy, and will break in pieces the oppressor.
2: Thanks, Arnetta. And we find this over in Proverbs, he who oppresses the poor taunts his maker, but he who is gracious to the needy honors him.
1: long 7210 looking for a volunteer
2: Okay, let's go with D. Okay, that person disappeared. Uh, D. Ellis Wumble.
4: Okay. The king of Tarsus and, and, and of distant shores will bring tribute to him. The kings of Sheba and Seba will present him gifts.
2: Thank you. Um,
1: does this remind anybody of anything we've studied uh, earlier? good answer Gloria when you get a question like that just say yes
2: so in first kings 10 we read about uh king solomon being visited by the other kings of the world always bringing him gifts to hear his wisdom Seventy two twelve, looking for a volunteer Okay, Monica Johnson.
1: For he will deliver the needy when he cries for help, the afflicted also, and him who has no helper.
2: Thank you. Proverbs 19, One who is gracious to a poor man lends to the Lord, and
1: he will repay him for his good deed. And 7214 looking for a volunteer Okay Cynthia He will rescue their life from oppression and violence and their blood will be precious in his sight
2: thank you and we find over in proverbs 29 7 the righteous is concerned for
1: the rights of the poor the wicked does not understand such concern okay at this time i'm going to try to launch uh, a poll or two
2: so bear with me while i try to get this set up Um. Beginning next week, we'll go to Proverbs, but I thought tonight we'd try to finish with a couple polls about how well you know quote unquote Proverbs. Each poll
1: will have three questions. Okay, it's on my screen, not on yours, I'll wait a second.
2: Each poll will have three questions and you must answer all three before you can submit your responses. I'll wait about 30 seconds for each poll and after poll is completed, I'll share the results. And uh, this is not an open book test, nor Google search.
1: So try to resist the urge to uh, be searching in Google. Okay, Host, I am not seeing the ability to
2: launch a poll. I don't know if this is something you could launch or whether we'll just have to try again next week.
0: I can launch the polling, which one is it the Proverbs or New Testament?
2: Yeah, do that one first and let it I'll tell you when to turn it off.
0: <laughs> okay. So you should see it now. I've started the polling. Uh, yes, I can see it on the screen. Does everybody else see I hope everybody else can
1: too. Okay, we're getting some answers in.
2: Okay, about five more seconds.
1: Okay, uh, host, could you end the polling and then share the results, please? Okay, the first
2: one. People are voting more New Testament than Proverbs.
1: Similar for the second. And a lot on the third. Okay, uh, could I ask the host to launch the second poll? Aaron's here there. Okay, I can see it. Okay, five more seconds and we will uh stop it and share the results. Okay, go ahead and stop and share, please. So you all can see the results of the poll yourself. Okay, uh, go ahead and stop the polling and uh, close it out. So uh, about the results,
2: Uh, guess what, no matter what you responded, you were correct. Uh, the three proverbs in the first poll are from the book of Proverbs and are also repeated
1: in the New Testament.
2: My next bullet item is showing up on my screen. Oh. Up. <laughs> but there's a slight delay today. Uh, the pre uh in the second poll are found in multiple locations in the New Testament. So as I said earlier, any and all answers were correct. And if only all tests were so easy. So that concludes tonight's lesson. And
1: I would uh, ask for a volunteer to do the uh, closing prayer. Closing prayer, going once.
2: Okay, uh, Chris Forehand, please close us out.
5: You'll bow with me, please. Dear Lord, our Father in heaven, we come to you gathered as your flock, uh, strewn about in the various places where we are right now, but in common spirit and common mind right now. Thanking you for Brother Jeff's class uh, on the word Uh, the books that Solomon has written in the background and how much of that carried forward into the New Testament for us, that we can can learn a language that we can use with each other and uh, that we can um, see your wisdom. Thank you, dear Father, for the technology that's helping us to get more involved, and it's fun seeing so many people join in and uh, offer to do readings or click on polls or type chats. And we just thank you, dear Lord, for all the ways that if we were in person, we would be smiling. We trust and pray that we are all smiling behind the scenes here at the same things now. We look forward to when we can meet again. And again, please bless uh, Brother Jeff, uh, who works so hard during the week on this class, Ricky, who does the same thing for the lessons that he brings to us, and all those others who serve in, in the various ways that Um, that you have put forward for us. Lord, we love you, and we ask this prayer in Jesus' name.
1: Amen.
3: Good evening, family. It is so good to be together, even on Zoom. Uh, After the closing song, I have a quick announcement. So please don't peel off and close out your Zoom meeting. I love seeing the chats at the end where everybody's saying hello, goodbye, good night. But I do have something I want to just say real quickly. But our first song is from the songbook, Songs of Faith and Praise, We Shall Assemble. When we started talking about going back to the building, this was the first song that came to my mind. And even though it's not on a mountain, it sure seems like we've climbed a mountain to get to the point where we can go back to our building. Amen. We shall assemble. We shall assemble on the mountain. We shall assemble at the throne with humble hearts into his presence. We bring an offering of song, glory and honor and dominion unto the Lamb, unto the King. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. We sing the song of the redeemed. We shall assemble on the mountain. We shall assemble at the throne with humble hearts into his presence. We bring an offering of song, glory and honor and dominion. Unto the Lamb, unto the King, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, we sing the song of the
1: redeemed.
4: Thank goodness I've got a wife. She reminded me that I'm supposed to be talking now. Um, and being a participant, you're not allowed to participate in class. So that's why you didn't hear me during class at all. (laughs) And you won't hear participants because they're not allowed to be in there. Um, I wanted to talk about, well, let me say a couple of things before we get to the, the verse. When, um, my kids were little or not necessarily little, but when the kids lived at home, I used to ask them what they were crying about. And they would say, not crying but they were usually complaining about something and um, thinking about complaining i'm not sure that you can complain and be grateful at the same time it's kind of like frowning and smiling you have to choose one or the other and sometimes i wonder if god doesn't look down at us and say what you crying about so i want us to um, try to put something in place or i've tried to put something in place anytime you catch yourself complaining about something Somebody cuts you off, and you want to say what an idiot that person is, or somebody does something you don't like, and so you want to say something. Whatever your complaint is, um, you know the politicians aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, or you know criminals aren't are doing what they're doing, or uh, whatever it is. If you're tempted to complain, just say thank you. Now you got to come up with what you're saying thank you for, uh, because if complaining and gratefulness can't live together. I would rather be grateful. In fact, the scripture makes it clear that we're supposed to be grateful. Um, a passage that uh, is in First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, one that all of us are probably aware of if, even if you're not sure where it's at. First uh, Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, Uh, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ for you. We are supposed to be a grateful people. Um, Sometimes the complaints that we may have may even be legitimate from our point of view. Um, I think back to when the people of Israel went three days uh, without water, They finally come to water and it's bitter. But if you look at the context of that, that's at the very beginning of the Exodus, right after the um, Red Sea was parted and everybody is singing. There's the song of of Mary, the song of um, Moses, and everybody's happy. The Red Sea was parted. um, And then they go three days into the desert without water and the water is bitter, and immediately they're complaining. Um, If you're completely focused on what you don't have, i.e. water at the time, then you might think you have a complaint. But if your focus is on what God has just done for you, delivered you from the hand of Pharaoh, parted the waters of the Red Sea, and is in the process of leading you to the promised land, Flowing with milk and honey is a little bit of discomfort for a period of time, uh, really that big of a complaint, especially when you're following a God who can, at any time he chooses, give you what you need, i.e. the water. Obviously, if your focus is on God, then your complaint doesn't have so much teeth in it anymore. Um, God is fully able to provide water for you and he will uh, when he sees fit. And so um, the same thing is true of us. Um, If we are concentrated on what we don't have, what's wrong in our life, uh, whatever it is, um, that's not going the way we want it to, um, then we may see a legitimate complaint from our point of view. But if you look at what God has done for you, um, not only in this world with material things, but sending his son to die for you, allowing you to be part of his kingdom, allowing you to have a relationship with him, and leading you uh, to where you will live with him eternally. Um, You can't be grateful and complain at the same time. So what are you crying about? Quit your crying. Uh, in the words of Habakkuk, um, the, Lord is on his, the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. That's another say, way of saying, quit your crying. Um, and so instead of crying, why don't we give thanks? Anytime you're tempted to complain, and if you'll just put this as a trigger, uh, over the next few days, or maybe longer, if you can remember it, anytime you want to complain, that should be a trigger uh, to give thanks, or at least make it a trigger to give thanks for the next few days. If you can do that, then these uh, five, ten minutes uh, will be well spent. We are supposed to be a humble, grateful people to the God who has not only created us and everything we know, but has given us more than we could ever ask or imagine. God loves you, God has blessed you, and you have all of the reason in the world to be a grateful people. If there's anything we can do for you, make sure you contact the elders at elders at uh, Thank you very much.
3: This is our closing song. Don't you want to go to that land? Don't you want to go to that land? Don't you want to go to that land? Don't you want to go to that land where I'm bound? Don't you want to go to that land? Don't you want to go to that land? Don't you want to go to that land where I'm bound? nothing but love in that land nothing but love in that land nothing but love in that land where i'm bound there's nothing but love in that land Nothing but love in that land, nothing but love in that land where I'm bound. Nothing but joy in that land, nothing but joy in that land, nothing but joy in that land where I'm bound. There's nothing but joy in that land nothing but joy in that land nothing but joy in that land where i'm bound Nothing but peace in that land, nothing but peace in that land, nothing but peace in that land where I'm bound. There's nothing but peace in that land, nothing but peace in that land, nothing but peace in that land land where I'm bound. I've got a savior in that land, I've got a savior in that land. I've got a savior in that land where I'm bound. I've got a savior in that land. I've got a savior in that land. I've got a savior in that land where I'm bound. Okay, before Dee says our closing prayer, I just want to make sure that everyone's been receiving the emails that have been coming out from the church through the Lexio program. There was an email that was sent out yesterday by the elders about our return to the building. Uh, at the bottom of that email is a link to Lexio, where you can uh, send in your reservation, uh, how many people in your family will be there. Uh, it's very important that we get that feedback uh, by Saturday afternoon at the latest. Due to the uh, requirements for our building, we can only have 128 people in the building. In uh, for whatever reason, if you click on it and you can't go, just send me an email and I will just uh, make that adjustment in in the program for you. Also, if you haven't been receiving the emails and you have no clue what I'm talking about, uh, just send an email to the elders at laurelchurch.net and I will respond as quickly as I can. So God bless you. I can't wait for Sunday to get here looking forward to that day where we can all be together. At this time, Brother D would lead our closing prayer.
4: Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to come together to study your word, to study this lesson from Ecclesiastes, and to hear this positive message also from Farron. We ask you at this time to be with us as we are parted, and we ask you we thank you for the ability for us, some of us, to get meet again at the building. And we ask you to continue to heal this world that we may all one day come together and be able to interact the way we feel is the best way be with us all heal those who are sick thank you for all these things in your name amen